Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hypnotic Healers. My name is Nicole Mazzucato and as always, I am accompanied here by my co-host and friend, Anthony Gitch, all the way over there. Our usual disclaimer before we get started, neither Anthony nor I are licensed medical professionals, psychologists or psychiatrists. So please do not make any changes or alterations to any medications or treatments you're on based on the conversation you hear here today. Take what you like, leave the rest. And while you're leaving stuff, leave us a like, a love, a heart, a thumbs up, a nice review, share us around with your friends, get in touch, let us know how you're doing, what's going on. And let's get started. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Nicole. It's good to see you as always. I think today is going to be an interesting discussion. It is indeed. Today we're going to be talking about abreaction, that that what can be taken as quite a big scary word word in our world, right? Yes, I mean even the 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 definition of it when when you pull it up online, you know, the expression and consequent release of a previously repressed emotion um, achieved through reliving the experience that caused it typically through hypnosis or suggestion, which is what hypnosis is. Yeah, it says or suggestion in there. I was I had to get closer, wake sure my glasses. Where did you get where did you get that from? Where's that um, definition come from? That, that comes up on the Google. The Google. The Google. The Google. <laughs> from the Google. <laughs> the Google. <laughs> um, but you know, it is interesting, all the different ideas, abreaction, uh, the meaning of abreaction is the expression of an emotional discharge or unconscious material, such as repressed idea or emotion by deliberation. Oh, I've got a little dog who's playing with this toy. I, I couldn't figure out what that noise was. Um, he's so adorable. Um, so yeah, you know, in the terms of hypnosis, it was the very first way I was trained to work, right? I mean, um, originally five path stood for five phase abreactive therapeutic hypnosis. And oh, really? then, yes. And then when, um, more states started to step in and more psychology sort of things started to try to get intervened without their saying, no, you can't be doing that, right? Because of course, regression therapy is something that isn't, is considered some degree to some degree pseudoscience by some, and it shouldn't be handled mm -hmm. by the lay person that does hypnosis according to some psychology, you know, mm -hmm. groups um, and that sort of thing. And so they had to change it to five phase, uh, uh, five-phase advanced therapeutic hypnosis. Um, right. And, it, you know, it is advanced work because taking somebody successfully through an ab reaction in a way where they actually benefit from it it's, it takes a little bit of skill, right? It takes a little bit of mm. practice. And, and I'm not suggesting that it isn't right for everybody. Um, it certainly wasn't the right tool for me to use to put people through that because it is, it's a reliving of the experience. Mm. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, I personally, it just wasn't my calling. Mm. But then, so we, we're talking about it being a reliving of, of an experience, so then we're saying that abreaction is ex is a, is exclusively linked to regression therapy. 
in in a sense, I don't. Yeah, I don't see how it could be anything else because you're having to regress to an experience that you have had. Otherwise, mm. you would be doing future tripping. Um. So, <laughs> so okay. So there's. A, I think there's a different. There's a few different angles here, right? So there's there's that kind of idea of reliving an experience and having a, a strong emotional response. Um, there's also having a strong emotional response, whether you're, whether you, that kind of response that can come up in hypnosis. So if you're doing street hypnosis, somebody can abreact in street hip when you're doing street hypnosis. Oh. We can agree to disagree. I mm-hmm. don't think that I, because, and here's what it is. Number one, in street hope, hypnosis, there isn't the environment that has been set up for this person that they are looking mm. to connect or change or do anything, mm. right? They're out having a good time. So the environment suggests fun, right? Mm. And a street hypnotist generally isn't looking to. Um, take somebody to a previous experience or looking to right. s- create the experience that they are in at the moment, right? And actually right. amplify that. Now, mm. I could possibly say that if somebody, if if a street hypnotist chose the wrong subject and somehow that subject got through all of the banter that happens previous to any kind of sleep sort of thing, Mm. then that could possibly turn into just a bad time for them. But would it be a full-blown ab reaction? Mm, Who knows? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's actually quite a big topic in a sense, isn't it? Because there's a I think there's a there's a lot of dialogue around what ab reaction is and how to handle it. And and (laughs) our good friend Tim, you know, moved away from more traditional trance-based hypnosis. Because I remember him saying to me once, as soon as somebody closes their eyes, you have no no control over what happens inside, you know, what's going on inside their head. Right. Um, and so it's easier to work with them in a in a waking state, in a waking trance, where you know they're involved in the process and they're not kind of off in in their in their mind and and who knows what's what's going on because creating, you, you'll creating never know their own experience based upon what right. their expectations are. Right. I mean. That's that's what's happening, right? I mean, that's why we use the non-transformers. We're subverting expectation by doing that. Um, and yeah, but I I know people who work specifically. You know, I think the people who do past life regressions mm. um, and that kind of thing. I think that those folks have a tendency to experience um, spontaneous ab reaction, depending upon what could be happening in in a past life. There's a lot of people who do past life uh, therapy, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And and ab reaction, I, I think, I. I, I think it almost is in just intrinsically part of what the experience is of reliving something, unless it's something really positive, right? I mean, it's, mm. you know, quite frankly, one of the reasons I don't do and have never gotten into the past life regression sort of side of things and work is because I, I, um, I believe in it wholeheartedly. 
I don't want to deal with what the possibilities are because mm. I've had enough spontaneous regression work doing the other way mm. where I've had to then go back and, and, and help people resolve things in that past life in order to move forward and this and that. And you, you know, you're taught mm. to kill off past lives and this and that. And it's just, it, it was too, um, it becomes very interesting and, and it takes a special kind of a person to to go through that kind of a process and to really take the time. And that's what mm. it is. It's it's a very time consuming um, oh, yeah. process, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was originally trained also in, in, as we've talked about a number of mm -hmm. times in, in a therapy that's very similar to five path and the same thing, you know, you're, you're kind of provoking that reaction from people provoking, you know, poking that emotional response from people because you are going back to and visiting past events in order to understand what, you know, what, why their current situation is how it is so that they can reverse that. And that can be very traumatic for some people, depending on mm -hmm. what's coming up for them. And as we've talked about before, memory isn't reliable. And I believe that the mind is, is kind of giving you memories and, and messages in the way that it, you know, it's, it feels that you can process them. Right. And I mean, that's another thing with past life regression. A part of that part was uh, not everybody was Cleopatra and they're all like, Oh my God, <laughs> I was only a pig washer. Oh, I want my money back. But I remember watching a demo <laughs> at the live training that I did. And there was a woman who'd had a very traumatic uh, life and um, the demo started and I think she'd only just closed her eyes and was just about to be sort of taken into, into um, hypnosis. And she was just crying, like literally, you know, kind of like in, you know, like really sobbing, like really kind of hysterically crying, sobbing, like that kind of breathing, like she couldn't breathe almost like she, you know, she was having this huge response and hadn't even gone down the stairs yet, which was the induction that was being used. And um, I remember then at the end of the session, you know, asking the question, would that, would you consider that to be an example of our reaction? And I felt very much like I was completely shut down at that point and said, and, and like, almost like the question wasn't even addressed. It was just like, no, that's just an emotional response. And that was it. Like it wasn't even sort of explored in any way as to, as to what, what we could consider our reaction to be. Do you know what I mean? Like that particular course at that time, didn't really do a deep dive or a dive at all really into, into our reaction. It was like, we're working with a, with an emotional response and you just deal with it there. And then at the time, actually, I think that was really helpful because it removed any kind of worry or fear I could have had around a strong emotional or physical response that somebody's having in a session with me. Right. So you know, oftentimes I'll do kind of mind body work with people, take them into the body. Where's the discomfort? That's what we want to work with, right? Oh, yeah. Take me yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. take me to the place where you're feeling the most uncomfortable or, or take yourself, you know, where is it? And then we can explore from there. So I was, I was running a mentoring session a little while ago. And one of the questions that this, this, one of the students had brought along was around our reaction. And she said, oh, I was doing a practice session and the, the person I was practicing on um, ab reacted in the session. So how do you deal with that? 
And I said, what, what are we just, you know, what are we kind of describing as ab reaction? Well, I recognize that they also use it in just by the sound of ab reaction, it comes across, it carries a negative connotation with it. Mm. Right? right. It automatically carries, it just sounds like, well, what do I do not to have this? Why not have it? It's an experience, yeah. right? And as long as we look at it as just an experience, right. rather than associated with some sort of negativity, I think that mm. that helps take some of the stigma off because I think that that's a lot of the issue around it for some people is that just the word itself sounds negative. Sure, ab reaction, you know, like <laughs> the reaction that you really don't want to happen, you know, it's... um. Which is so, different so than brought, an adverse reaction. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so she brought this question and I and I I I maybe shouldn't have gone down this road. And actually afterwards I, I really kind of reflected on on what I'd said. And I was like, oh, you know, I I think I was a bit too a bit too convinced of my own answer there. And I don't think that was the right way to go. You know, so I, you know, I was like, hmm. I'm, I, I don't mean ever to be the, the kind of beholder of all, of all truth, you know, let right. me give you my point of view, my experience. Um, so I definitely kind of took a step back and reflected on that. I was like, I, I don't feel like that was, that was appropriate come from my, from my side. But I said to her, what are we, what are we describing yourself as, as ab reaction? Because she's self-proclaimed having ab reacted. And oh, she had you know a bit of a bit of stomach pain or something like that. And I was just like, "That's not an ab reaction. <laughs> that's just that's just you know a that's bit of discomfort." Not an ab she didn't fly but, out of her chair and slap the shit out of you. Then that wasn't no, an ab reaction. I, yeah, I was just like, I, "That doesn't. That's not really what we can. What I would consider to be an ab reaction. That's discomfort. There's a difference between discomfort. Maybe and that's discomfort to you, but the absolute epitome of horrible for her. Right. Sure. And like I say, I totally after after the event, I stepped back and I was like, I shouldn't have. You know, anyway, I've already, I've already gone, yeah, gone yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so I said, and then I said to her, look, for me, as far as I'm concerned, an ab reaction could be as, you know, somebody vomiting, somebody, you know, kind of having these really kind of extreme releases. They, you know, they might even have diarrhea. I remember Scott Jansen talking about he's actually, you know, in his practice, he had people throwing up. He had people actually kind of shit themselves when in his, in his, um, practice, but then, you know, they, they let it go and, and kind of never had the problem that they were originally dealing with ever again, you know? So, and even he would say, even Scott will tell you or has told us in classes, he doesn't consider that an ab reaction, right? He considers that a release. It's your body releasing what it needs to let go of something that it's been, you know, you've been holding on to something for so tight for so long. So I would agree that those are not, or in my opinion, those would not be ab reactions because mm. when we do massage therapy, when we do Reiki, when we do healing touch, any of those things that create, or, or when we do Qigong even, um, anything that unblocks an energy pathway and, mm. and allow us for that flow. It doesn't matter what that person's, how that person expresses that energy. Mm. That's just an expression of energy. For me, an ab reaction is, it, it has the, it, there has to be the emotional 
piece that is directly related to something that that is going on in their life that they're wanting to change, right? Um, that is kind of the qualifier for me. It's it's. It, Ab reactions don't happen. They can happen accidentally, but only in the contents as far as contents, context as far as I'm concerned of some sort of therapeutic action being taken towards something. Right. So you're, you're, you're in my opinion, you're not, um, somebody could even have an ab reaction when they're out on the ocean. Let's say they almost drown when they were a kid. They don't, they forget all about it. They mm. block it away. Right. They go out mm. with their friends as an adult and, and mm. they start to go out and all of a sudden they, they start to have an ab reaction because water mm. sprays up into their face. Bam. That's what the trigger is. Right. That could be an ab reaction. But for me, it has to have the ultra emotional component to it has to right. have something to do with some sort of traumatic something, right? Right. And and that's exactly the word that's coming to my mind is trauma, right? It's P, like PTSD. That's what's happening to people right. with PTSD. They're constantly abreacting as they relive the experience and as if they were still in it, right? And the right. body right. is responding in, in the same way as if it was still in that experience. Right. And in that moment, their reality becomes shifted. They mm -hmm. are, they are no longer, right? I mean, and that's the reliving part. It's absolutely, their whole reality has been shifted back to that moment. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, that, that, that's one of the reasons why I just, I don't want to work with that. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm glad that there are people who do that, right? I mean, I, I um, but for me, it's, yeah, too, too intense for me. It is intense. It is. And, and both the, the, the original uh, processes that we were trained in are are emotionally draining both for Very. both for the practitioner and for the client yep. um you know and i i remember when i was on when i was practicing when i was still a student and we did exchanges i remember having a session done on me that went on for 3 hours and i was just kind of i remember i remember my mind just being like i just want this to end now like it's too long it's too yeah it's too much. And when I'm talking, mentoring other students and they're telling me the same thing, you know, oh, but the session went on for two hours, two and a half hours. I was like, no, no, not for it's you and long. not for them. It's too, it's too much for everyone. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, and it, it, yeah, it's, it's too much for everyone. You want people to come away from your sessions, feeling lighter, feeling energized, feeling mm -hmm. motivated, not feeling like mm -hmm. they've just been run over by a truck. Right. And you know, that was, I got to tell you, that was one of the biggest things that was so hard for me when I first got in to the, to the, to this work, because I had been trained in a, in a process that as good as it is, and as useful as tool as it is, I was, I, I felt like rather than creating something better for these people, I was leaving them oftentimes, and we were taught about this, you know, between sessions one, two, and three, oftentimes your clients are going to really feel like shit. You might as well let them know that. Mm. Well, that's not what I wanted to do this for. And that's not, mm. you know, I mean, I, my getting into this was because of my ability and understanding of the things that I had been through and how to help people to experience those lessons without having to go through the pain, mm. right? So why would I want to then, you know, put them through pain for the next five weeks while I'm trying to help them be better or, right. you know, to improve their life? Um, it didn't feel good to me. And the first time that I watched a gentleman that I really cared about, I, I, I know him, I know his wife, 
um, and he came to me for, for something specific, um, in, in some food issues and some weight loss stuff. And, mm. and I, he left my office in tears. Mm. Right. And, and here I'm supposed to be empowering people. And, and, mm. but because of the way that I was taught, if this doesn't work, you do this and you really drive it home. Well, mm. I really drove it home. And, 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 and it was, it, it was so hurtful mm. to me doing it. It's like, I'm like, God, is this what they, they say when parents say, well, I only speak when it's necessary. Well, no, then don't spank if that's what it feels like. Um, mm. Because that was, that was a really uncomfortable feeling for me. And that was a big moment in my career where it's like, I need to find something different mm. because right. this isn't, right. this isn't helping. This isn't helping. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm Scott Jansen often talks about um, Milton Erickson and the way that he worked was very much to induce, you know, to induce an ab reaction from clients, you know, kind of mm -hmm. very much make them drive them to the point of the, the highest level of discomfort. <laughs> So, you know, to well, then and oftentimes break through. shame, right? I mm. mean, it's like the same idea of the military. When I was still in the military, break the boy, make the man. Um, mm. You know, it's, but that's, I think we have learned over time that there are ways that we can make the man without breaking the boy. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you do need to go through a level of discomfort sometimes, right? I think there's, there's a difference here, right? We talk yes, about... Yeah people shy away from from discomfort and and move away from pain right it's the kind of avoiding pain and and kind of moving mm -hmm. towards pleasure there's there has to be a balance there of okay i'm all right with discomfort i can be uncomfortable for a while to to get through to grow you know that kind of growth through discomfort rather than just avoiding it all the time and then i'm not going anywhere you know i'm not growing in any right. way whatsoever because right. i keep pushing that pushing that to a side um and i think that's that is that that does often come into the the kind of work that we do. I, I guess it depends how you work, right? It very much depends how you work, I think. But I I do feel comfortable taking my clients there, and sometimes. So, no, I'm not going to go there. That was the yeah. So I do feel comfortable taking my clients there because I know that I'm going to guide them through it and they're going to come out the other end feeling lighter, feeling more motivated, feeling more energized, feeling better. I agree with what you're saying to a certain, I will, I, I want to take my clients through that experience on more when, when they have more cognitively available to them when they're when when the person who's in the executive function who's in the captain's chair is the conscious them mm. right um because i think that for me like is that what you're saying when you say that you're going to take them there you're going to challenge them but I, yeah. I think that people who believe that they need to do it only in the state of hypnosis Mm. You know, I think they're missing out on something really powerful. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember working with a particular client and we we were just doing some some mind body work. You know, I had just taken her deep into her body and she'd identified this kind of volcano inside of her that was just desperate to erupt. You know, it was just really desperate to erupt. And I was like, grab the pillow, stuff your face into it and scream your lungs out, you know, do what you need to do here. And she did. She grabbed this pillow. She literally like 
stuffed her face into this pillow and just screamed and screamed and screamed, you know, and, and let this out. And then afterwards, I mean, she was crying and everything. And then afterwards she was, you know, at the end of the session, she was like, I've, I, I got to a point where I felt exhausted, but then once I sort of let that out, she was like, I just feel so much better, like so much lighter for having really sort of drawn that out and, and pulled it to the surface. When we, uh, part of the process of five path is what they call pillow pounding. Mm. And, and you take, and, and I mean, it's violent. It's not, mm. it, 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 and, and, and that was one of the things again, that I found difficult for me during the process was taking somebody and helping them to violently become, become aggressive and violent with something, right? Because it's not all people, even under the, the uh, most amounts of anger are always going to want to express that in a violent way right or in a mm, physical right. way and forcing them to do so i don't think is always mm. appropriate right um but when that was you know when that's all you're given as a tool then then that's what you're given but now i want i want to i want to go back for a second because i interrupted you and i wanted to make sure that i understood what you were saying um you you would you were saying that you take your clients through that right um yeah and i feel but, comfortable to hold that space for them right and to guide them through that do you hold the space for them in and and that's where my question came in are you doing that with them in a state of hypnosis or are you doing or in a state of trance or are you doing that within a state of um our conversational kind of more work it it could be in it could be in in both realms right okay so right on. what do what you right so are we to, again if i'm just asking somebody or even somebody just feels compelled to close their eyes and i'm just getting them to scan their body and identify the place where you know they're feeling the most discomfort are we considering that hypnosis well uh, well that's a good you see point. what i mean There's yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly because that's the same thing that happens when when people start to discuss about ab reaction right mm. it's like where where what is it what does it consist mm. of um is it positive is it negative is it useful is it not useful does it create just a cathartic experience or is it actually mm. creating change um all and you know it, it, it's it's kind of like political parties or religious groups right you know one person has their absolute stance that this is the way that it is because they mm. because this one person said this and they're the people i idol but then you got this group over here that says well no but it's this way over here because look at this piece of paper that says so sure and <laughs> sure <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like we've said, this is, this is a big, I think this is a big topic and, and every, I think every hypnotist you talk to will have a different point to make around ab reaction and very much depending on the school that you come from, mm -hmm. the school of thought that you come from, whether you've been trained to see ab reaction as something scary or see it as something to work with or see it as a, a you know, just a, an emotional response or however you've been trained to see it. Um, is very much going to frame your experience around it as well. I think as a as a practitioner, one thing that I loved when I was doing Scott Jansen's um, conversational program, 
and I, I've used this a lot and I really like it. You know, he's, he says, whenever you see somebody starting to slip into something, you just bring them, you just say to them over and over again, just be aware of your feet on the ground, the chair supporting you, you know, the clothes on your skin, the hair on your neck, you know, just really bringing them back into the here and now yeah. and just being aware of the fact that this is the space that they're in. They're not, you know, they're not where they're about to go. They can come back to this space here. Yeah. And actually you're not, that, you're not um, dedicated to having to go there. Sorry. You're not dedicated to having to go there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, I've always, yeah, I, I've used that a lot and, and found it to be a great, a great technique to bring people back to the here and now in, in the kind of trance that they're in. Very good. It's like, uh, but, what is it, Gardner or, or the NLP people? And that scene fades and you return to the comfort of the chair where you're at now. Right? Right. <laughs> and the scene right. fades. <laughs> right. But going back to your point before, you know, doing Reiki and when you're doing Reiki on someone, I've, I've you know, I've d done Reiki and, and whatnot and massage and and often, you know, when I was doing Reiki, every time I do Reiki, I yawn. I can't stop yeah. yawning. It's like, as soon as I start, I yawn. That's I your friend. body's expression of, of, of transferring the energy from them back to the universe. Right. Yeah. And, and I had a friend who would burp. She'd be burping the whole way through the session as she's doing My eyes water. You know, depending yeah. upon what's happening and how strong it is, not only do I yawn, but my eyes will water. And they've watered so mm. bad where the front of my shirt is wet. And mm. so that's why I don't do it in, in front of people very much anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's, there's people going for a massage and, and, and crying their eyes out because mm -hmm. that it, they, that it's, it can also be that moment that you haven't, haven't given yourself for so long and your crew members are literally just kind of get, finally getting a space of rest and relax where they can release stuff that they've been holding onto for so long and not well. being given a platform to express themselves emotionally. And then you add that that physical touch on top of it, which is mm -hmm. so important and so many people are missing out on. Mm. You know, it's it's you know, it's vitally important that that human touch is a factor in everyone's lives, right? I oh mean, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's amazing what that can do. And I think that oftentimes um with massage with the with with that emotional release and massage it's that's usually when it came when i recognized it the most was was the people that were emotionally and or physically the loneliest um mm, you know in yeah. just the way that they they lived their lives or chose to live their lives or whatever the situation may be but um and you know what an honor uh, as a practitioner in every mm. one of those situations, you know, and that's something that I forget that I, that I mean, even I sometimes forget, but I think that as a whole, we forget as, as practitioners and healings, healers is that anytime somebody is experiencing that number one, think of the honor that they're trusting you, that you get to experience that with them, right? That you mm -hmm. get to go through it. Um, yeah. Think about the space and the strength that they need to hold and that you need to hold as the practitioner in order for them to safely navigate the experience and, and get the best out of it, you know, uh, the, the best from it that they can, right? Mm -hmm. and, and because it is, it's an honor to be able to hold that kind of space for people. I mean, that's really why we do this oftentimes. Mm -hmm. 
right? Um, and yet here we some here we end up turning it as a negative to some degree, yeah. right? And yeah. something that we want to avoid, right? Mm. It, 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 so it's interesting, you know. That's why I think that there are people who practice in that realm of hypnosis and change work they get that respect and they earn that respect because of the space that they create, right? That right. is not the kind of healing space. I create a very loving, safe healing space for my clients. Uh, mm. The people that I work with feel like they can share anything with me and oftentimes they do, right? Mm. Um, it is not the same energetic signature as the healing space that is held by mm. the people who will work in that realm is it are they looking for the same thing absolutely but it's a different signature right right um yeah and it's not a it's not a better one or a worse one it's just a different one yeah yeah for sure for sure so in in kind of summary then as we've said ab reaction can be a whole a whole range of different things i think according to what you've what you've been taught really and who you've learned from so this has been a great conversation around our reaction hopefully it's been helpful for you as a practitioner um and given you some new insight into or some fresh into insight into into what ab reaction can be and and how to how to work with it or or around it yeah um, absolutely yeah, I hope cool. that everybody got something good out of it. I know that we come at it from different directions, and I and I I think we both respect the work that it's that that is done with it. I think that that's important Absolutely. for us anyway. And on that yeah. note, everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.